This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by Guinness. Wishing a happy birthday to Bobby, the oldest dog in the world, who just celebrated his 31st birthday in southern Portugal. Happy birthday, Bobby. It's Guinness. I'm uh, Usain Bolt. And I'm Carl Lewis. And this is Gym Buddies. We're pumping iron. And making gains, Matt. We're moving forward physically and mentally and spiritually. Yes, at high rates of speed. (laughs) This is... What what humankind was meant to do to master this corporeal form, mm. right? That's right. Socrates, Tim, said something along the lines of, um, <laughs> <laughs> "I'm not going to get this exactly right, but he literally said something like, you should take uh, Take advantage of your body when you're a young man, because when you get old, it can't do anything. So, and and how, Socrates? Yes, Uh, Matt. Today, you and I are um, we're bettering ourselves, and we're doing so with the help of someone who's already reached the mountaintop. Somebody who's um, smiling down at us from his perch atop the athletic world. And it's his first ever appearance on Ear Buddies. Please welcome to the show, Thomas Stromy. Hello, Tom. Thanks for having me. Thomas, um, it's amazing to consider the the accomplishment that, that you can now claim to your name, which is having run and completed the Boston Marathon. How does that feel? Yeah, it feels great. Uh, it was, it, you know, that was a race that I was looking forward to for, you know, a number of years. And uh, I think a lot of runners do. And so to be able to to run that historic race and, and see the energy and feel the, you know, the see the crowd and uh, cross the finish line was really surreal. And so um, really excited. Look forward to, you know, um, enjoying a summer of more casual running. And hopefully one day I can have the opportunity to run that race again. Thomas, did you take first? I did not. Did you Did you win? <laughs> I think I was just outside of the top 5,000. You know... Look. <laughs> there are too many people you, in that race. It, there's no way. That's, you, just, you just can't win. Like, <laughs> there's, there's too well, many Matt, people. someone's got to win. Well, somebody's got to win. win. All right. Well... Thomas, though, I you know what? I, I shouldn't have asked that. <laughs> that was... A, I guess I should have asked it before we started rolling. If it makes you feel better, uh, you know, this week my dog Bodie uh, did drag me to a a championship in the Fergo dog run for the third consecutive year. So uh, there is a champion in the household being <laughs> oh, a, a canine champion. Well, that's that's delightful, Thomas. Tremendous, Thomas. I I don't mean to uh, to belittle. The what 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 truly is an amazing accomplishment, the Boston Marathon. Does it get any better than that uh, as a runner? I don't think it does. 
And if it does, I don't want you to say so. Uh, <laughs> are you a professional athlete, or or what do you what do you do for a career? Surely not just running all day. How what do you how do you sustain yourself? You know, I spend my days uh, trying to create commerce uh, at a local community. <laughs> Oh boy, a noble pursuit. Yes, I'm, I'm you, certainly supplemented uh, by the mental relief that distance running provides. Sure, I bet. Man, creating commerce, I mean, that's a hell of a gig. Look at you. Clock in, clock out. Man. All gave some, but some gave all. <laughs> that's right. I think, yeah, I think the... That's the what banks. they say about commerce. Yeah, yeah that's right. the banks tend to have that sort of inscribed over uh, their their entryways. Thomas, we'll talk more about your career as a as a money guy a little bit later. For now, though, listeners may be wondering why are we talking so much about exercise and running uh, on a music podcast? Oh, Tim, I was wondering the same thing. I uh... <laughs> well, Matt. I wish you would have spoken up sooner, A. Uh, B, I understand the question. And so I would like to uh, dispel any tension anyone is feeling as either a listener or an active participant in this conversation by saying today's topic is music and exercise. Do they go together? <laughs> <laughs> do they no look hey tim I, I i trust you implicitly in all things obviously so thank you my assumption with this was that we were going to be talking about uh, the life of the body in a way that you and i uh, us buddies and perhaps the army rarely considers uh for you know you and i tim we like to think of ourselves sort of as just uh, floating neural networks up in the sky, <laughs> disembodied, without a, without mm. the cares of the corporeal form. Uh, but that's, that's not that's not reality, is it? Reality is you've you've got a body, and you've simply well, you simply ought to take care of it. And you um, got to do something with it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you got to do you have to do something with it. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I, I like this. I think you know, music is a from what I hear, I don't have any personal experience. I don't have any personal experience in this. But from what I hear, music is a big part of exercise. Um, mm. And and uh, probably does something to the, the physical form as well as uh, the much-discussed sort of spiritual and, and emotional and intellectual <laughs> aspects. Yeah, yeah. The, the tippy-top of Maslow's hierarchy or whatever. <laughs> That's uh, right. And who better to talk about this than Thomas Strami? Now, I have not asked him ahead of time. I want to get the truth on mic. Thomas, do you listen to music while you exercise, while you run? A majority of the time, I do not. Um, if I'm outside, oh. <laughs> I'm likely running with friends. And so we are carrying a light conversation oh. about whatever the news of the day might be. But in the wintertime... If I'm succumb to come to the treadmill, I will certainly be listening to music. Can we back up? You're talking. You're ha you're you're carrying on conversations as you run. Oh yeah, is, yeah. We're you know we're just. Is this is this what the pros do? 
just having in one job. Matt, did you know people did this? Obviously, I didn't know people did this, Tim. I, I'm 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 a babe in the woods when it comes to <laughs> exercise. I I'm astonished. I I can't believe you would have the the presence of mine or the lung support to be just chatting. We're not out trying to break any records. We're just, you know, out enjoying a, a nice morning, uh, you know, catching up. And, and the, so the pace is the pace is at whatever you can sustain a conversation. Okay. Well, this puts pops a flat tire in, in kind of the premise of this episode a little bit, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's just, there are let's carry on. Let's do. There are plenty of hours in which I am listening to to music on an annual basis uh, while while, okay. while running. Sure, writ, annualized writ large. Yeah. Okay. Yes. yes. Good. Yeah. It just happens that those hours are 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 condensed to between December and March. Got it. That works. Okay. This. Yeah. This works. We can we can salvage this. Thomas, tell me what you think um, music does to one's body and soul while exercising. I want to just hear from the heart what you think is happening sort of uh, scientifically and spiritually. Well, I can, you know, that's a, that's, that's a lot to answer, uh, but I can tell you, I, you know, while I might struggle to answer the question of what music does to the body, I can tell you what the lack of music does because mm. the longest 10 seconds that occur uh, during any, you know, hour running on the treadmill is the 10 seconds that exist between songs uh, when one song ends and another begins and you're sitting mm. there just hearing yourself puffing and puffing uh, waiting for the next tune to kick in and for the music and the energy to then carry you the next three and a half to four minutes. It's artfully put. <laughs> Matt, I want to turn to you now. You're yeah. telling me you've never, you've never utilized tunes while, while working out, while working on, on your fitness, your gains. You've, what really? I'm saying, what I'm saying, Tim, is I never exercise. Oh, that's so. <laughs> it's, it. it's a little deeper rooted than that. It's not that I don't I listen see. to music while I exercise. It's that I simply don't exercise. And <laughs> I mean, I know that the army cannot see me, but I think that mm. you, Thomas, and you, Tim, would both vouch for me when I say that I am uh, a beautiful specimen of a, of a human being. Mm-hmm. I look like I work out. I have broad shoulders. Uh, <laughs> I have good lung yeah. capacity. Um, <laughs> I'm doing great. So why why yeah, ruin ski- that? Your skin, your pores are open. Yeah. yeah, yeah, everything's going great. So I'm not going to risk that by introducing a new element into my regimen. <laughs> you know what I mean? I get that completely. <laughs> well, if if you ever decide to rock the boat and and do that. Thomas, I believe you you have prepared something for us and for the army, uh, a gift to, uh, to all of us who are maybe trying to do that couch to 5K or just look for something new to listen to as they're out on their long runs or in the case of me, Usain Bolt, my, your very short, fast runs. Uh, what, what should I put in the earbuds? What should I load onto my MP3 player? And... Uh, with which to enhance my exercise experience. I believe you've created a, a little playlist for us. Is this is this true? It is. Uh, it is. I gave some reflection to how the, to the songs that I spent uh, listening to almost repetitively uh, over the course of this last winter uh, while uh, running on the treadmill early in the morning, and uh, yeah, I tried to pick a, a quick top hits, if you will, to share with the with the army. 
Man, think uh, about this. We're getting a we're getting a curated music playlist for exercise from a Boston Marathon athlete. This is the sort of thing that should go right to Apple Music. <laughs> Spotify should host. I mean, <laughs> yeah, this no, is this is exclusive stuff. Thing. Yeah. Well, I'm ready. I'm excited. Thomas, what's your what's our first tune? Well, I'll, I'll share that this is a, this is from a playlist that is 20 songs in length and an hour and four minutes. I'm going to maybe select the uh, the top hits uh, titled Great. "The Hour of Angst." Uh, <laughs> I, I I don't know for what reason, but if it was the tough winner or what, but I, I kind of came back to some of those. 2010s and maybe late 2000s, um, you know, kind of punk mm. songs, and those propelled me through many of the workouts. So, uh, from the playlist, oh, the boy. hour of angst, uh, the first song we're going to listen to <laughs> is going to be "Sugar, We're Going Down." Oh my goodness! <laughs> yes, we're we're really going back here. You're gonna these these might these might recall a few memories for each of you. Oh, they are, and we cannot get into them, but they are. <laughs> what we're doing here is you know we're not trying to get we're not trying to get things moving too quickly uh you know we are we are easing in thomas i suppose bpm is like a really important consideration for a for a running playlist right like you don't want something that's too slow and like laid back but on the other hand if it's like a blast beat if it's just this crazy fast tune you might expend too much energy trying to like keep pace with the energy of the song is that is that accurate? I think there's something there. Yeah, um, I think uh, you know this could be a podcast uh, for another time, but certainly very important in cycling, where you're you're actually you're cycling at a much faster um, BPM to where it, it can be in line, and all, if all you have to do is listen to the beat of the music and hit your downstrokes of your pedaling on that BPM. Uh, but so I'd say more so relatable in cycling, but certainly the energy of the song, you don't want to be listening to something too slow. And so this is perfect. It's it's as a starter, right, easing into your to your run. It's not too fast. But, but you know, Patrick Stump's uh, tenor voice is is uh, you know fueling you a little bit, right? And you yeah. know, Pete Wentz's fiery bass. This works. <laughs> and, and this Pete, is good. And Pete Wentz's lyrics. I'm sure that really helps <laughs> quite a bit as well. Uh, you know that that's that's a, that's a great offering, Thomas. Um, and uh, I think I think that you have. I don't know if it, this was in preparation for your guest appearance here, but you clearly put some thought into. You know the uh, curation of of this playlist is is the playlist entitled the hour of angst? Yes, it's, yeah, that's correct. It was exactly an hour, and then I added one more song, and so it's now sixty four minutes. But originally, it was just an hour. Sixty four minutes of angst, that is fabulous. Um, okay, well, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to trip you up here. Uh, that's what runners say to each other. Um, what uh, what else? What else have we got? Where do we go from here? Where do we go after? Patrick and Pete. Well, we're going to transition into uh, Face Down by the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. (laughs) I can't believe this. 
This song kind of returned to me out of nowhere, uh, unexpected when I heard that the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus was going to be performing in Fargo uh, last summer. <laughs> and uh, it made its way into this, it was the centerpiece of many, uh, many runs last winter. I see what's going down. Cover up with makeup in the mirror. Tell yourself it's never gonna happen again. You cry for more. Okay, I didn't expect this to turn into a surprise pop-punk episode. I'm fine uh, with it. I'm fine with it, too. This is great. Is this, like, your stuff, Thomas? Like, is, is this where, you know, is, are these your heart songs? This winter, it really uh, really brought me back. Yeah, I, uh, I had a realignment to my values, uh, I'd say. <laughs> Clearly. No, this is, this is great. And, you know, this tune as well, obviously the feminist anthem of that era... <laughs> You know, you think about <laughs> you think about sort of what women have to go through. Uh, really Certainly, important. the rise of the rise of American women in global marathoning. <laughs> yeah, sure. Clearly, that's why you put this on the, yeah. on the playlist. Okay, and you know, and I feel the energy rising. You know, this is a this is a faster tempo than Sugar. We're going down. This seems it seems like just. Uh, first blush here, Thomas. This is a very thoughtful curation uh, designed to lead one's heart rate in the correct uh, in the correct direction uh, for a great run. Yeah, you know, uh, there's the old. I, don't, I guess I'm not sure where it originated, but you know, um, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. <laughs> <laughs> How you know, true something that tells is. me that might. That might come up in the next segment as well. <laughs> but for now, uh, excellent stuff. You're two for two, Thomas. What's next? All right, next, let's go to, uh, let's do Blink-182, What's My Age Again? My goodness. <laughs> it's just a hit parade. I took her out. There, there's probably something to be said for, you know, sending sending your mind back to when you were, you know, in peak physical form at age uh, 17 or whatever, <laughs> when you're going out for a run. Now, Thomas... Of course, this is um, one sample from the very broad um, spectrum of runners' playlists. Uh, mm. I, I would imagine that not everybody... I mean, I, I would hope that they would, but I would imagine that not everybody in the Boston Marathon was pumping, uh, you know, 2010 <laughs> pop-punk through their headphones. Is, is your whole playlist this flavor or or do you do you shake it up do you is there a cool down do you do some some you know shot a <laughs> some some classical just you know to, to kind of get the get the heart rate back to normal or are you like just to the moon pop punk 
let's uh, explode my heart and, and deal with the consequences after. I think it, uh, it depends on what the day calls for. Uh, if the day calls for me to, you know, I've got, I have to bring my best, uh, then, you know, I have, I have a couple playlists that similar to maybe what we're listening to this evening uh, are going to help, mm-hmm. you know, get us, get us there one way or the other. Uh, on easier days, I actually prefer to listen to podcasts, in- including this program. Uh, and so, oh. I uh, I do enjoy just being able to you know more or less relax, uh, try and you know just listen, and if I can learn a few things and, and uh, just let the let the time trickle by. That's so flattering. I have always thought about this. I've always thought about this podcast as more of a lawn mowing podcast. <laughs> you know, more of a yard work <laughs> podcast. But to hear that elite athletes are tuning into the buddies while they're <sighs> while they're prepping that, uh, that's humbling that, yeah it brings a tear to the corner wow. i think well i think and part of the reason for that might be uh, this is certainly a compliment to you guys but because of the you know as i mentioned at the you know earlier in the program the uh much of my running occurs just, you know, conversationally with friends uh, that if mm. I'm isolated on the treadmill, uh, listening to the dialogue between between you two, uh, it, it allows me to have that same shared uh, social hour uh, without having to contribute myself. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm beside myself. I'm beside myself. There are four of us. Matt, maybe you and I should grab mobile recorders someday and go out for a jog and record an app while we're going that would be unlistenable but i would like to do see that. if it works <laughs> all right thomas what's up next well uh, i think we're in for a treat uh song number four 303 this was a song this was an addition late to the playlist don't trust me by 303 that's right black dress <laughs> Underneath. I got the breath hubba, of hubba. a last cigarette on my teeth And she's an actress, actress But she ain't got no need She's got money from her parents in a trust fund back east Tongues Always pressed to your cheeks While my tongue is on the inside Yeah, you know what? I can I can see myself uh, yeah. br- breaking a sweat to this You gotta paint <laughs> we're, we're like a pitcher painting all the corners here you gotta hit all the quadrants. <laughs> Absolutely! Wow. You know, uh, in hindsight, this is a much better song than I think I thought it was back when I was a huge snob when it came mm. out. Um, and you know, I'll just share with both of you and the army that I once met one of these guys at a at a party in Los Angeles, and he he's very very tall, and he was nice. That's all I got. <laughs> Thomas, this does undo your feminist streak just a smidge with the don't trust a hoe line, but... Um, all corners. Listen. All corners, that's right. Yeah, we. I might have to take a second look at 303, actually. I, <laughs> I was, was snobbing about this at the time as well. Yeah, there was something there, though. There was something there. Maybe ahead of their time? Possible. Possible. With the bottle in your palm in the bestest. No one knows who you are. Just another girl alone at the bar. She wants to touch me, woo. She wants to love me, woo. She'll never leave me, woo. Woo, Don't trust her. Never trust her. Now, now, Thomas, so, of course, critics of Ear Buddies might call <laughs> our podcast the Hour of Angst. And I, I hope they don't. 
but no way to know. And of course, we're not Some going. episodes. <laughs> we're not going to go through every single tune. But your selections so far have been sublime. So let's say now we're nearing the end of uh, of your hour of running of self improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, where? Where do you? I, I want to know if there's a if there's a dip, if there's a valley, or or does it does yeah. it, do we slow down, or do you does it cut off? What happens near the end uh, of your run musically? Well, I think uh, you know if you've got to try and you know push through the uh, through the last interval, you know make it make yeah. it, and then from there, uh, you know you just you can either unplug, you can just you know take those deep breaths you might need. Uh, but you know, focus on you know, focus on the work you did. Acknowledge, acknowledge that you showed up. Acknowledge that you got the work done, and uh, maybe have a little bit of gratitude. Ooh, oh man! Wait, is that the is that the tune? What's the song? Oh, the fifth song uh, to round out the fifth. <laughs> Sorry, I thought that was a just a philosophical question. No, that was that uh, was that was a great, perfect. Mike, that was a phenomenal answer. Yeah, it was beautiful. Uh, queuing up song five could not have this playlist complete without Green Day, and so uh, Holiday is going to bring us home. Wow. First, I think it's our first Green Day spin on this pod. Yeah, surprisingly. There is something to be said, Thomas, I think, for uh, finishing strong. If you're going, it's an hour of angst, you know? Yeah. You got to no. power You got power to the end. That's right. That's not, right. This. not 55 minutes of angst and five of, you know, slacking <laughs> off, right? It's, it's, no. you're, you're really doing it, man. Yeah. 55 minutes of angst and five of Sarah Bareilles is not the title of the, <laughs> of the playlist. <laughs> This is not the background music for this, but Thomas, do you find running to be meditative? Uh, I think uh, if I'm not listening to music, I mean, or sometimes you can kind of think through the noise, but uh, I do I do most of my best thinking when I'm running, I find. Mm. So if there's a particular, you know, issue I, either, you know, at work or, or you know, that I'm trying to solve, um, you know, at home, whether that be around the house or whatever that might be, um, I, I find that I can oftentimes have the most clarity when I'm out. That is beautiful and great to hear because, again, like this is a perspective, this is a much needed perspective on this mm. podcast. I know for me, when I do my best thinking, you know, in a room with the lights off, just staring at a wall, like just classic thinking. Mm. You know mm. what I mean? Just traditional <laughs> regular, vanilla thinking. Just yep. absolutely nothing, nothing else. <laughs> just plain Jane. Just brainwaves. Yep. Unseasoned thinking. But <laughs> but it you know it's I think it well it's important for me. I'll say this to speak for myself to to kind of get that perspective um, mm-hmm. and. Tim, I don't probably you. You know, I know you're a, sort of a classic just thinker as well. 
Yeah, I would I would describe myself right as, as sort of a baseline regular uh, regular thought guy. Yeah. Um, you know, actually though, I I do I find a lot of my best thinking is done when I'm listening to music unlike what we're hearing right now. It's it's more if I turn on like my favorite jazz or classical music or something. That that really opens up the brain space. Thomas, I'm I'm glad that you have this outlet because you seem like a well-adjusted, smart, bright young guy uh, who probably doesn't have a lot of you know chronic issues because you know you're you're hashing this stuff out on the trail, <laughs> on the track. You're taking care of problems, and you're taking care of yourself. That's a beautiful thing. Yes, that's yeah, and and it must be nice to get it all done at once. You know. Just in one, <laughs> one go. That's great. I mean, I, I've always valued efficiency. <laughs> yeah. I mean, man, um, I, en- I envy it. I envy it. Thomas, thank you for um, giving us just a slice of the hour of angst. It was my pleasure. And and listener, if you're uh, if you want to experience the full hour of angst, check the show notes. We've we've listed each track individually, so you can you can feel that full. Uh, that full hour of of power, Thomas. Thank you. Will you stick around to the next segment? That we need to we need to talk about some other things. I brought my passport. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Check in has begun, my friend. Ear buddies will continue in a moment. This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by Guinness. Matt. Hey, Tim. When I say Guinness, you say... Uh, Ireland? Sure, pour me a pint? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, Matt, it's not that Guinness. It's the other one. It's the more fun one. It's the Guinness world record people. Wait a, wait a, wait a, wait a minute, Tim. How many Guinnesses... Do you think there are in the world? <laughs> I mean, I hope only two. I hate to tell you this, buddy. I hate to school you like this in public. Oh, frick. Oh, no, dude. There's one. Guinness. The Guinness Book You're of... You're kidding. Listen to me. The Guinness Book of World Records is the is Guinness from St. James's Gate in Dublin. It's not. It, it is? is. It is. You you need to believe get, me. You can look it up, but you, you get out of here. Need to believe me. Here's what happened. It's similar. You know how the everyone is like, why is a you know why are restaurants getting awards from a tire company, right? The oh, Mich- Michelin, right? yes. So of it's, course. it's similar to that because Michelin, you know, they they gave stars to restaurants. Wait, is that, that the is that the same thing too? Oh, yeah. Oh well, you're learning a lot. This is great. You're kidding me. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Michelin is a tire company, and they gave stars to restaurants that were in their travel guides way back in the day that were like restaurants what? that were worth going out of your way for, right? It was like a promotional type thing. So, yeah, the, the Michelin this man. Is, 
This is crazy. It's true, though, and it's about to get crazier. Well, the, 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 Michelin, <laughs> the Michelin Man is the guy who gives the restaurants their stars. But The Guinness, big tire guy. Yeah, yeah the big get, tire okay, guy. That's nuts. Guinness... They, you know, when you're when you're in Ireland, or you know wherever, <laughs> and you're uh-huh. you're having some drinks with your friends, and you you say some crazy things at the bar, like, uh, you know, here's the craziest, here's the tallest man who ever lived, you know, and yeah. and, and bar bets. Oh, and, I wish I could meet the the oldest <laughs> cat in the world. That sort of thing. Exactly, just like that. And so Guinness savvy marketers that they are, they were like, huh, hmm. there's something here. So they said, we should start a book of world records. You're pulling my leg. I'm not. You can look it up. I'm shocked about this, but I can't process it all on a hot mic. No. I need to just... I'm going to think about this later. Right. And but just, but just know that your buddy would not lie to you. I don't even know that we that we trick each other. No, really, it's not. It's, it's, what, pranks are not fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know what is fun, Matt? What's fun? The work of Guinness and the world record people. Uh, you know, the world record subsidiary of Guinness. Think about what they get to do. They find the tallest tree. They find the guy with the longest toenails and they take a picture of him. They do all this stuff. You know, what a what a life, Matt, of, of fancy and curiosity. <laughs> and incredulity, yeah. And what did they find recently, Matt? Well, they found the oldest living dog. His name's Bobby. He's out here in Portugal. Bobby just celebrated his 31st birthday. Oh, my gracious. 31 years old, this a, dog. A 31-year-old dog. Matt, have you pulled up a picture of Bobby by chance as we're talking? I certainly have. I'm gazing at him. He's got that he's got that permanent hunch. You know what I mean? He's oh. always kind of bending over in that way that like I'm sure it I'm sure it has something to do with his health and his age, but <laughs> really sure what it is it is does. An, it's an it seems to be an invitation to pet me, right? It's saying my hand, your hand would go great right right here, right behind my ears. And maybe that's how maybe that's what got Bobby this far. I don't know. Do you want to know a little more about this dog? Yeah, please, please. Because we are talking about Guinness, but Matt, the truth is they they took out this ad simply to say happy birthday to oh, Bobby. Sweet. He lives in a rural village in southern Portugal. He rises with the sun, day in and day out. He uh, has a uh, he lives with the Costa family. A hundred people were at his birthday party. A dance troupe performed. I'm sure they had some snacks, some hors d'oeuvres, and uh, you know, the day came, the day went, and Bobby did not die. He he's still here. <laughs> You know, sometimes you just need closure before you can die. Oh no, of course. Yeah. No, he did not he did not lie his head down at this party and heave his last breath. Instead, he's just still going. Bobby's still going. Matt, 31 years old. I, dog years, right? If you convert it to to humanity. Yeah, what is what is this that? This dog has been Matt, this dog has been alive for more than 200 years. <laughs> This is a 200-year-old dog, functionally. Tim, I mean, just <laughs> from sheer sort of impossibility, that's 
fabulous news. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and I think that this is fair to say with Guinness sponsoring this, because I don't think they have mm-hmm. a dog in the fight, no pun intended, when it comes to like um, what this signifies, right? <laughs> what, the, what their records yeah. mean. What but the like, point of it all is, right? Exactly. They're just they're they're crunching numbers. That's it. And they're I get just it. yeah, they're documenting the truth. Yep. Um. So Tim, dogs, I mean all all creatures have a lifespan, great and small. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> all creatures have a lifespan, and of course, dogs generally live. I mean. If you're topping out at like 15, that's that's crazy. Like that's really yeah. good, right? That's a big old dog, yeah. absolutely. So Bobby's family of humans, his human yes. family, 31 because, years ago. Because his dog family is long dead. Yeah, long oh, they're they're gone. all dogs go to heaven. They're looking down at Bobby and I guess <laughs> cheering him on or saying, "What are you doing down there?" But Tapping you, their wristwatches, <laughs> right? You got to think. <laughs> 31 years ago, uh, Bobby's human family got him from, uh-huh. you know, I don't know, a farm or... The no-kill shelter yeah, or wherever. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And they said, this will be our companion for the next, fingers crossed, 12 years, maybe 15. And you make a commitment like that, sort of expecting that to be how things go. Mm-hmm. I made a joke on a few a few pods back, Tim, about uh, getting a, a tortoise that would live forever that, you know, yes. I could then pawn off to my grandchildren. So you know yeah. that a tortoise lives a long time. So, like, you got to think about, do I want this, right? Right. It's a big, com- it's a big commitment, absolutely. Right. And you know that up front. And I guess what I'm wondering is, <laughs> how is Bobby's family doing? Like, are they... <laughs> This dog has lived sure more than twice as long as it should have. Well beyond the social contract, right? Yes, like it, they were not prepared <laughs> when they brought home this fluffy little pup to right. be. They said, "Oh, we're going to have a nice ten years here with yes, this sweet and dog, then, and then we'll get another one, and then know? we'll and then we'll do whatever." Yeah, you know, then we'll the, we'll move to the Swiss Alps or whatever. Right, like, exactly. Know. And now they've like, been... These guys are per- sitting on their plans. <laughs> they've been <laughs> tied down for at least 15 years more, which yeah, is a lifetime. Because you know, you know, if if Bobby's life, like if they change up his day-to-day schedule, He's even gone. slightly at this point, that's <laughs> He's it. He's a goner. That's it. <laughs> And I, I, so right they're they are in stasis with this beautiful old dog and and they are like they can't move on you're 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 famous sort of for having this old dog so you can't get rid of the dog you can't say to your neighbor do you want the oldest dog in the world <laughs> right oh no, right that's that's a lot of baggage and and like it would be poor form to like abandon bobby on the on the side of the highway obviously oh that would be a war crime at this point <laughs> i yeah. mean it would right but they have been just adjusting their entire lives around this dog's unexpected longevity and now are uh, i mean <laughs> You know, humans have plans, too. They've got dreams, too. Matt, if I lived to be 200 years old, 
I at some point I think at about one twenty, I think I'd say to my children who were caring for me at this point, I think I'd say, do you know what? <laughs> go take do whatever you, take care of yourself. Go live your good. own life. Exactly. Go live your life. Yes. You can't I don't But they can't But sweet Bobby does not speak English. Bobby can't communicate that. Whatever Bobby's feeling, maybe guilt. Yeah. I don't know. I, but he, all he could do is waddle over to the Costa family and, and solicit pets. There's nothing really to do at this point well, except like, just... Uh, Tim, you, you, you've read the classic <laughs> elementary school book, Tuck Everlasting, surely. I just thinking about Tuck. It's a, it's yeah. a curse. It's a, obviously a curse on the Costa family. The Lord God above sent them a, an immortal dog to destroy them. And, I mean, you know, we laugh, but I can't imagine, like, the, the, the pressure, the bills, the, the, the guilt, the frustration, the anxiety. The, oh. I mean, there have been weddings and funerals canceled because Bobby is still here. You know, like... Bobby persists. But, yeah, Bobby persists. Uh, I'm sorry. I, you know what I mean. I don't... I'm not... I think it's a real, a real accomplishment from Bobby and the Costa family. Uh, oh, and I, yeah, we're very happy for yeah, all. Yeah, I don't want to. I just want to. I just want to kind of look at it and and support the Costas um, as best I can. And that's why we're saying simply, you know, t- everything else. We've said a lot of things, but at this point, we're just going to say Happy Birthday, Bobby. Yes, yes, Happy Birthday, Bobby. See it. See it. Thirty-two. <laughs> see you next year. <laughs> and <laughs> congratulations to Guinness. For tracking these things and for sponsoring Ear Buddies. Welcome back to Ear Buddies. Matt, Thomas, pre-flight diagnostics are complete. Please buckle your seatbelt and prepare for liftoff. Far, far from planet Earth, far from the petty, the meaningless, the tedious day-to-day of music, playlists, angst, all of that is gone. All that's left as the planet comes into view, planet money, all that's left is the almighty dollar. Welcome to Planet Money. Thomas, I know that for all intents and purposes you consider yourself an Earthling, but I know that you uh, you at least have a vacation home here on Planet Money. You you know this place better than Matt and I, so we've we're, we've brought you along in hopes that you'll guide us through a discussion of cash, credit, banks, commerce, economic development. And everything in between. Can we rely on you for that, Thomas? I'm here to serve. <laughs> Matt, what's, um, what do you want to know? What's, what's on your mind here? We're on planet one. <sighs> Nothing's off the table. Good. Look, okay. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> I have been hearing something. 
and mm. and I know there there is so I mean this is a whole planet it's planet money there are <laughs> so many different doors we could open and and geysers we could fall into and and <laughs> alien homes we could disrupt but what I right. what I want to understand Thomas and what I want to focus our laser beam in on is <laughs> I've been hearing something for a while that concerns me and I just want your take on it I I don't want you to reassure me if that isn't the uh, if that isn't the truth but I just mm. want I want I want to know the truth uh, the banks are out of money is <laughs> is what, this true what do we do with this are the banks out of money what how could such a thing be possible uh, does this spell the end of civilization? Is it that big of a deal? Can we not print more? It's fake in the first place, is it not? Why mm. are the banks, <laughs> who are traditionally the institutions that have money, why are they <laughs> running out of it? That's like a river running out of water, which is a different issue <laughs> that's also happening. But let's focus on money. Are the banks out of money? How do we fix it? Does it need to be fixed? Tell me... Tell me your thoughts. Well, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll try and grab onto a couple of the questions uh, that you posed. <laughs> so uh, I think it's, it's, probably, it's probably appropriate, given that lead-in, uh, to acknowledge that as we go on this journey, that you should keep your seatbelts fastened and your hands and feet mm. inside the vehicle, because there is danger out there. <laughs> and so acknowledging that, that risk uh, and the waivers we've signed to visit this foreign land, uh, <laughs> you know, I think we, we should acknowledge that, uh, you know, bank liquidity is something that mm. consumers should be cognizant of. And I don't believe that there is cause for significant alarm uh, that would be catastrophic, I think is maybe the word you used. Uh, but, uh, you know, there, there, are, there, there are banks who face challenges uh, given the rapid rise in interest rates, uh, the, the uh, different sectors of this economy that have suffered uh, as a result of uh, post-pandemic return to work, return to office, um, all those different things. Um, and so there are, there are challenges, but I think the overall state is not as bad as maybe uh, people might ought to think. I mean, that's to an idiot like me, Thomas. That reassures me, more or less. But but then you know, and Tim, please please feel free to jump in here because I you know I I'm gonna yeah. go off on a tangent. Yeah. Um, I'm feeling a well. I'm feeling. Um, here's the thing. I trust Thomas with my life. No, of you course. Know, he's, of course. He's our guide on Planet Money. I I take his word as gospel. Um, but Thomas, how does it? How does such a thing happen? Where a where a Silicon Valley bank, for instance, one day has my money, and the next day it's gone. Where did it? Where does the money go? Thomas, how does that work? Where does it go? If I put if I put ten dollars in the bank, isn't it just sitting in a room somewhere waiting for me to collect it at some point? What's happening to my money? Well. That's not exactly the case, uh, because if you've seen, if you maybe recall the, the scene in It's a Wonderful Life, uh, where Mr. Bailey is in the bank and he, he says, you know, well, your money, it's not back in the safe. It's, it's, you know, we lent it out so that, you know, Matt could go buy his car or that Tim could go buy his house. And 
as they repay that you know, those agreements, we take that cash and we recirculate it, and and that, that velocity of money helps to you know power our local economy. Um, and so, uh, deviating from from that you know example, which I think is a great one to illustrate to people who you know are certainly familiar with the film. Uh, but no, I think uh, you know after you know the credit crisis of two thousand seven. Um, credit credit risk is you know among the the largest of the risks that banks face because if you're lending out money and that uh, business or that homeowner is unable to pay, obviously there's a there's a loss incurred. Um, after credit quality has been tightened uh, post Dodd Frank, uh, interest rate risk and liquidity risk I'd say are the the two current <laughs> largest challenges because overall credit risk has been. Uh, significantly decreased because of the quality of credit. Uh, past due loans are at, at very normal levels, even I'd say even slightly below in my experience. But uh, the the liquidity risk and the interest rate risk because of the accelerated historic rate rises by the Federal Reserve have posed a lot of challenges. And so, uh, if just one more comment on the Fed, the Fed on uh, the on their interest rate risk side and liquidity side, um, what a lot of people should understand is that in in the middle of the COVID pandemic, uh, rates were at a historic lows, but because of the economic uncertainty. Um, facing many businesses, there were there was also not a lot of loan demand, and so whereas typically when mm-hmm. loans fall, there was a lot of refinancing that went on. We all saw that, and that was true on the commercial business side, but there wasn't a lot of new investment that you were seeing, and so banks were banks had excess liquidity because of different federal programs such as PPP, uh, such as you know the different um, programs that the federal government enacted that that certainly helped. But as these balances in the banks on the deposits um, rose, uh, banks looked to deploy those deposits in order to receive a return to cover their operating expenses and et cetera, so that they can continue to make more loans. With no loans to make um, because of the you know because of the slowdown in economic activity caused by the pandemic, uh, banks chose to invest in securities. Uh, securities were a option that were paying a decent rate at the time. Uh, but as rates rise, uh, those dollars have been tied up in those securities and there are penalties for withdrawing from them early. And so what banks like SVB, who were either um, invested heavily in securities or corporate bonds in industries that then suffered post-pandemic, uh, they got squeezed. And that's a real quick two and a half minute oh on the risks that banks face today. Oh my goodness. Thomas, (laughs) have you ever tried to teach a cat how to play the violin? (laughs) You are, that is so helpful, I'm sure, to so many. Um, And I believe you and trust you completely. But man, what a world we have built for ourselves, am I right? I mean... Oh, my Lord, it's a is, house of cards. It's a house of cards. Thomas, I can't... I don't know how you have the strength 
to do what you do every day, creating commerce in a world like this. The the ins and outs, the loopholes, the ups and downs, the peaks and valleys, the starts and the, the stops. The squeezes. The squeezes. Man, I, I just can't. It bottles my mind. It, mm. I am, I am just, I'm, I'm impressed, and I admire you more than I ever have, Thomas, uh, which is saying something. But man, <laughs> I just, I can't believe that this is how we've chosen to live. It, uh, it makes no earthly sense. And I commend you I mean, for getting in the mixer and. Uh, and helping out the consumer because somebody's got to. I don't know that a lot of individuals will look at the banks at this particular moment and thank them for helping the consumer, but I appreciate <laughs> the sentiment. I'm thinking, I'm thinking you personally because you obviously have a heart for the consumer. I mean, that's right. I'm Thomas. Gonna, I feel like we, I feel like we can bank on you. <laughs> you know you what can, I mean? You can bank on us. No, we can bank on well, you on, specifically. No, on you, yeah. on you specifically. You, yeah. I feel like I can. Nobody I can bank on you. Sure. <laughs> Wow. Well, Tim. Hey, let me ask. Are you are you enlightened? Have, have you? Well, no. I'm most I'm mostly confused, and but I but I can hear in Thomas's voice that that his soul is in the right place. That that he that he does have what I think we could all call a fiduciary responsibility to <laughs> to us. Um, it seems like he does. Thomas, I I guess my question. Let me just let me end sort of this grilling session with this. Is it a good time to do business on planet Earth? Or should we or should we be getting out and and trying to salvage what we can, hunker down and prep for whatever's coming? Mm. That's my question. Mm-hmm. Well, I think um you know, anytime that there's that there's downturns, that there's challenges, it's a good time to you know remember both personally um, or you know whether it's within your business, within your family, uh, that you know we, we we should encourage individuals to live within their means. And uh, financial mm-hmm. literacy is is a good thing. Uh, financial literacy is is lacking, but uh, being able to quantify and understand. Uh, your monthly budget, your expenses, um, that you are that you are well suited to tackle whatever uh, might come tomorrow. Um, those are those are good things, and hopefully, if nothing else, uh, they serve as as tales to, to encourage individuals to to take the time and understand what's going on in their own checkbook. Wise thank words, thank you, Thomas. Wise words from Thomas. Yes, thank you. In these Man. times. Guys, in these times, it's more important than ever that we do what we can personally to attract wealth to us. And so I would like to take this opportunity to uh, pump into the speakers the frequency of Jupiter's spin, which is 528 hertz, in order to attract abundance of money, prosperity, luck, and wealth to to us and to the entire army. While Matt, Thomas, and I share affirmations of wealth. There are no limits to what I can and will achieve. 
I am grateful for the money I have. I am a money magnet. Money comes to me in expected and unexpected ways. I am open to receiving money. I attract money easily and effortlessly. Everything I touch turns into gold. Money is... Money is openly flowing (laughs) into my life. I am able to handle large sums of money. (laughs) The universe will always serve my best interests. (laughs) I am at peace with having a lot of money. I change the world with my money. My finances improve beyond anything I could ever imagine. I believe there is enough money for everyone. I release all resistance to attracting money. And there you have it. That's that's why you go to Planet Money. Because we are close enough to Jupiter's orbit that mm. we can tune in. Yeah. And and this changes things for us and I think for the army. I hope so. So with that, I think um as we're strapping in for our return flight back to back to Earth, I feel a lot better. I feel well, I feel a lot of gratitude for Thomas. Thomas, oh. thanks for coming on the pod. Yeah, thank you, Thomas. It uh, it's nice to have a level head and and a calm voice every now and then. If that's what I can provide, I'm happy to do so. And uh, before we before we end here, before we go back to planet Earth and our mundane lives, where we we'll, we'll still be attracting money. Uh, yeah, obviously. Thomas and Tim, a good friend of ours of the podcasts and. Not only a friend, but a uh, recently promoted officer. Matt, I believe he's a one-star general. That's right. Uh, an officer army. and a gentleman and a general. Club Steel. <laughs> Thomas, he, he has something, uh, some new accomplishment, some new mountaintop to peak, doesn't he, soon? He does. This, this coming weekend, uh, he will be taking on the Fargo Marathon. And so we wish him wow. strength. Of the lungs and legs and spirit. <laughs> yes, we do. Lungs, legs, and spirit. And wealth. And well, obviously. Good luck, Club. You, you got this. And good luck to all of you in the Army as we work on bettering ourselves in every possible way. That's, that's what we're doing. So thank you, Thomas. Talk to you later, buddies. Talk to you later, buddies. Talk to you later, buddies.